Greetings, citizens of Earth. You are barking a happy tune with my pal Smurf of Smurf and the Magic Tones on 5280 Geek. Live from the Vegas Studios, it is Weekend Geek Update, Smurf here, and I have a cavalcade of companions. Cavalcade of companions? I always wanted to be part of a cavalcade. Don't you? Yeah. Like, I, I want to be part of the, the, the groupies, the fans. <laughs> Smurf here, along with our sponsor, who is going to be sitting in more regularly, the Amatic, the Shiny, the ever-so-brilliant, Suzuki. I don't know if I deserve all that, but thanks for having me on. It works. <laughs> and, of course, this week, uh, Ryan is on location. He is filming the feeding of the piranha in Botswana. And PJ will be stepping in on camera duties this week. So, uh, thanks, PJ. And, and he hasn't, he's <laughs> drinking a soda. He actually reverted to soda, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, this week we are going to catch you up on some of the nerdy stuff, catching our eye in addition to letting you know what's going on. Of course, Susie is going to talk about an event yes. that we created, which is going to be very cool, coming up at Outworld Brewery. But before all of that, Loki. 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 I have to say, <laughs> between Loki and Black Widow, Black Widow sucks. Loki at least kind of ended on a better better thing. Okay, well, you know, <laughs> I'm one of your friendly neighborhood lefty feminists here. So my problem with... How do you find scissors? Uh, yeah, it's, it's a challenge. Um, they have to not be pink. They have to... <laughs> anyway, um, so I really, really wanted to like Black Widow. And I did for the most part. But... They never put the emotional labor of family maintenance on Captain America. They didn't. <laughs> they don't have. They don't uh, put it on anybody. Right. Just her. Just her and the failed Captain Marvel film. Right. Which was horrible also. Right. So, I mean, in Falcon and Winter Soldier, Sam was trying to help keep his family going. Right. But his sister was doing the emotional labor. That's like taking care of the kids, keeping all the bills straight, you know. Um, and if that's a division you agree to, that's fine. But if it's just dumped on you because you're the you're the girl, that's not going to fly with me. So Well, and it's just lazy. There's so many things lazy about this film that it's just like, why? Why? Uh, Wired Magazine said it was the perfect film, but, like, five years too late. You know, and that, a lot of nerds have, like, lit up the, the yeah. chat boards yeah. of, like, this This would have been great five years ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Phase two, going into Infinity War, there would have been some buy-in. There would have been, like, some, some emotional tether to, you know, ScarJo going right. over the edge. Um, and... and, and but there's so many other things wrong with this film. Yes, it is a little too late, but there's so... I mean, Crimson Commando is is, is a punchline. Exactly. He is a punchline through the entire freaking film, and it is, it is sad. Well, and they never explain why. Like, Elena or 
one of the one of the ladies points out that Cap was frozen during the alleged. Oh yeah, because he's in prison. And right. Like all of a sudden, that, right. That's the uh, that's the excuse. Oh right, one oh, yeah, of one of the around. one of the gulag prisoners. Anyway, um, and then he snapped his hand. Like right, but they never wow. get to that. Like if you're gonna have that as a running gag, you have to tell. You have to explain it to people. Well, and it's so like night and day because you go from this intense opening where he's he's more than capable. Right. He's running with an airplane. He's shooting people with like a a lock lever freaking gun. And then we get this awkward, stupid guy that I just don't understand. A husband, like someone who peaks in high school, and that's and that's kind (laughs) of it. It's not Ted Bundy (laughs) or Al Bundy. The other thing is that uh, those are very different people. They are very different people. I apologize. <laughs> just my mic started acting up over here, and I'm just like, what is going on? Um, you know, the high point for uh, Jeremy C. of Suzy Q's, since we have more than one Jeremy hanging around now. Yeah, we got a lot of Jeremys. Um, that one of the problems for Jeremy C. through the movie that he kind of didn't let go uh, was that little plane that they take off in in the first... Oh, that Cessna? And, yeah, he's like, that plane is not going to make it to Russia. And so, like, we had to stop the movie and have a logistical discussion. And normally he doesn't pick things apart like that. And we don't... Uh, it's a movie, and we don't usually go there. But there was so little happening for him, and he wasn't buying into the premise. He's like, there's no way that plane is going to make it from Ohio to Russia. They're going to have to stop in Cuba. And then and all of they a sudden did. they did. Um, but that, that's very telling. This was a highly anticipated movie. I was definitely on board with telling uh, with telling Natasha's story. But they didn't tell Natasha's story. There was story. no story told for her. No. Yeah, let's be, let's, let's be cur- perfectly clear. We, we get the 90s. Right. Which we get a small snippet, and that is mm-hmm. it. And even the My Pretty Pony, because Red pointed this out, the My Pretty Pony that they showed. It's a modern one. It's a modern one, yeah. so it isn't even in the right time. No. And there's so many just, like, miscues for this entire yeah. um, I mean, stunt. The Red Room could be a whole series by itself. It doesn't even have to specifically center on on Natasha. The Red Room is such a fascinating... And we saw a little bit... We got a little peek of it way back in Agent Carter. Yeah. uh, Because that woman that lived in the hotel with Peggy was a Red Room agent. And that is such a fascinating story. That is such... Got nothing. None of it. And then that... How gross was that? Oh, I pheromone locked you. Ew! That is dirty but you know you know all i could see when i saw him show up i'm like hey look it's harvey weinstein right i was like what the what what is what is this yeah it's just i mean i'm all for equal rights i I want everyone to be treated equal i want sexes i want races done with and just people be people right but when you're playing to these tropes and you're just misrepresenting people yeah. All of them. No yeah. one no one fits. I mean, even Taskmaster. And this is the character that I have been dying for. This is the one I have been begging right. for since Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, we talked about it last week. Is it Taskmaster or did they just rip off the name like they, they did? They just ripped off the name. Like they did in Iron Man 3 with the with the Mandarin. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm honestly, at this point, that wasn't task, task, Taskmaster. Right. It wasn't. 
Also, are you telling me the only resolution to that was to break her own nose? Like, there's no such thing as nose plugs. We've got these, like, high-level spies. and, and She no walks in there with a digital face, and she can't plug her nose. Right? <laughs> For the creepy pheromone guy. Ew. Cre- creepy Weinstein. <laughs> creepy Weinstein. Agent Weinstein is here to <laughs> interrogate you. You will smell my pheromones, and you will love me? I wanted to love it. Uh... Scarlett herself in interviews has pointed out that she's not just a piece of furniture or, or you know, a backup dancer to the other heroes. And that's, that's exactly what like that that's was. what they did to her in that movie. And, um, and I do, I mean, I like the other, the other widow, mm-hmm. um, her sister, yeah. who steals the scenes. She does. Every, every, every scene that she is in, she does this, this command performance. Right. And it's, and it's, it's spectacular. Oh, Florence is a hell of an actor. Yeah. I mean, she really is. Uh, my friend Lori is all about that movie Midsummer, right? Uh, which Florence is in. Florence Pugh. I haven't seen it because I don't do horror, but well, she's you in. You can just see it on the poster. Like well, she's, her acting skills. Yeah, are. and she's in um, the the King of Scotland, that Chris Pine film. Oh, I haven't seen that. Where she, uh, it's it's about Robert the Bruce, so it picks up kind of after they kill. Right. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, so I, it's she does a great job in that. I love Chris Pine. I think he's a great actor. But a, as you know, I'm a little prudish, and I'm not ready for full Monty Chris Pine. <laughs> I, How just, did, I don't know. If, do we not. see full? Do we see full Monty on that one? You haven't seen it yet, have you? The Chris Pine, where he's like the King of Scotland. Re- he plays Robert the oh, Bruce. No, I was, I was okay. King of Scotland Forrest Whitaker. Oh, Forrest Whitaker. Oh. Yeah, 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 I know what you're talking about. No, that's not it. No, it's just about Robert the Bruce after Braveheart. Kind of like the sequel to Braveheart. He's too old for... Quote, quote. I don't know. Is I mean, we've got rumors that they're going to finally finish the Star Trek track. Maybe. Did you see uh, Fan Expo Denver announce Zachary Quinto's coming as a guest? Zachary so Quinto. We've got Christopher Eccleson. We've got Billy, Billy Piper. Piper. I love Billy Piper. Uh, it's it's going to be a full... I mean, I've got all of their signatures, so I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm not sure. I guess I'll be... I'm going to be sitting at your booth, because <laughs> if I don't get press, I'm sure it's, I'm not going to pay for that. that's how rumors get started, and just to be clear, they haven't confirmed me yet, but they're going to, I hope. Yay! Uh. <laughs> Fan Expo Denver, yeah! Uh, we'll see. Fingers crossed. I mean, I am excited to see Christopher Eccleston again because yeah. I saw him in New York. Yeah, and he was he was absolutely brilliant. I tra- I, I traded lines with him <laughs> from Gone in sixty seconds, and He's it was great. it was great. He's great. I uh, I actually love him more as Malekith and Thor: mm. Dark World. That I mean, he was a great Doctor. That was a great reintroduction, especially for. Younger people who weren't familiar with Doctor Who, if that was their gateway Doctor, uh, he was so good in that. But I, he just brought something really ma- malevolent to Thor, and that was kind of not the best Thor movie, and he really shone in that. He did shine quite, quite well, quite brightly in mm-hmm. that. And I was, I was happy to see him, you know, outside of like the mobster, gangster right. films that he's he's been doing, and right. to see him in the. The MCU. Hopefully, they bring him back. I don't know if they can in Phase Four. I don't know. That's kind of 
getting a Star Wars or a Marvel gig is kind of great because even if you die, you're they you still can bring still you back. Because yeah, I don't know what we're doing for Love and Thunder. We got the other. We got Foster as Thor. So I mean, even Rene Russo popped back up in right. in Infinity War. So any anything and could happen. And, and yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll see. I don't know. I mean, there's so many things, and that's that's where I kind of get upset with like the whole Marvel thing because it Loki. It's it and DC is starting to suffer this now too because we've got the the multiverse, right? Which that that's like DC's now go to, right? And now we've got Marvel abusing multiple Earths timelines, and is it getting too convoluted? No, we knew we we knew that was going to happen. Yeah. So we we knew the multiverse was coming. They've been talking. Uh, Kevin has been talking a lot about introducing more cosmic level characters. And I think that's great. It's a little confusing for me as Very as confusing. a comic reading fan. So I don't know what the casual fans are are doing. They must just be along for the ride. Because um, we talked about that too. I can't in in the early phases after the first Iron Man movie. It was clear what was happening. Like yes. If you read the comics, you knew what what they were building to. And then you started getting the hints and, and the post-credit scenes, and, and then it started to fall in line, and you knew. Yeah, we're, where, we're going for Infinity Gauntlet. Right. But now, like, and I mentioned on the show before, I didn't see Agatha Harkness coming at all. <laughs> like, it completely <laughs> blew me away. I, didn't, I couldn't see those clues at all. And so I wonder, we've got Valentina coming in. We've got uh, the Hawkeye show is coming. I don't immediately see where they're going and then to segue into your loki conversation are we going to talk about the big reveal or yes is that yeah i think i think it's fair because there's there's three things that could have happened right we could have had another loki sitting at the end of time right which is kind of how they built it like yeah. you oh, we always survive so they really kind of set it up but every fan knew we're going for kang which was great. Right. I was like fingers crossed. Either it was the Beyonder, right, and we get the Secret Wars, or a, ro- a Watcher that had gone rogue. A rogue Watcher. I was leaning more towards Rogue Watcher until he said the thirty first century, and then I kind of went. Well, I knew immediately. Ugh. Yeah, as soon as we walked deflated. in. Um, and so again, we had to. Uh, Jeremy C is great at a lot of things, but he's a new comic reader, and so I'm having to catch him up on things and. So he's like, he stops it and he's like, what is the 31st century? Why is that a key for you? And I said, well, I thought Sylvie was going to be Enchantress and they kind of blew that out of the water. Like She's I told still the Enchantress. I told everybody for weeks it was the Enchantress. It is but, the Enchantress. Uh, <laughs> She, then, she's even that's even one enchantress is one of her names is sylvie so right. it is the enchantress for all intents and purposes because uh, making out with yourself you is kind of dirty right and then again they're relegating these strong female characters yes. into these kind of poopy situations like she's not the enchantress in her own right she's just another loki. another loki which is lame boo um so we had to stop and talk. We'd stop the show and talk about Kang the Conqueror for a little while. And that was just not... It's not an easy conversation. It's not an easy conversation because, yeah. Which Kang do you talk about? Because exactly. he's a time traveler. Exactly. And and he's hopped dimensions. He is... But he is a big bad. He is a big bad. And I think who they chose to play him, the guy from uh, uh, not uh, Lovecraft Country, mm-hmm. he is... He, I mean... 
He's doing a VIP good job. best performance yeah. in that whole series because what that guy delivered as Kang was just absolutely bonkers, and I loved it. Yeah, he's he's gonna be good, but that I don't, it feels like a we like Thanos felt like a natural big bad. In the well, he is. Stages. He is. He is one of. I mean, there's only well, like the, a handful of the, celestials. The choice yes. felt natural, but Kang feels a little forced in there. Right now, I don't know. I don't know where they're going. I can't see it. And well, that's it. We don't. We don't know because there's so many things they've set up. Because they've set up Dark Avengers. Right. They've set up Young Avengers. Right. They Thunderbolts, uh, and we don't even know what's happening yet with Strange, Wandavision, and right. all of that plugged in. Right. The Avengers exist, but who's on the roster right now? Right. Are we going to get new Avengers? I hope. Because uh, that's that's one of my favorites, and, and again, that's something that you and I have talked about offline. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a big fan of Sentry. I love I love our superheroes who are a little bit bonkers. Poor Sentry. And, uh, yeah, I just so that's what I'm hoping for. Again, I don't think it's realistic. Uh, Mephisto's around every corner, but I don't know if that's realistic. That was another possibility, right? I mean, there was no there was no disappointment of like, okay, so it's Kang. Right. I mean, I I was more disappointed they didn't let Thunderfrog out of the jar <laughs> to, to whoop some shit up. That's what right. I was pissed about. So the last six weeks have been at our house. It's been like we watch a little bit and then we stop. And then we talk about Kid Loki, Classic Loki, Alligator Loki, Kang the Conqueror, the Enchantress, and how uh, I really, really, really want her to become the Enchantress in her own right because that – for me, makes Baron Zemo from Falcon and Winter Soldier make more sense. I yes. know, I know, he's a regular uh, Captain America rogue. But well, he starts the the Thunderbolts. Yeah. So I mean, it only makes sense that he has. That's why I know we haven't seen the last of him. Right. And maybe we'll see some of him working with Kang. And I mean. Uh, there's so many different avenues right. that this can go right now. And you're right, there is no clear path. I I don't. But what do you set up for stage four? Right. I mean, what? Uh, okay, the multiverse is coming. So are we dealing with secret war? Are we dealing with? But secret wars is coming in its own right as well. Yeah, it's planned. Is it uh, a series that they're planning? I don't remember. I don't know. I mean, because you know Armor, how. That's Armor yeah, they yeah. got armor wars in there too. So because yeah. you know how they had like. Every every phase was capped off by the Avengers. Right. So is Secret War that cap for every phase? I don't. I mean, because it doesn't make. I don't. I, you're right. I have but, no idea where where we're going. And I think we're gonna. If we don't do a better, I if they don't do a better job of exposition for the casual fans, the casual fans are gonna drop off. Casual fans are already dropping off. And okay. did you see the numbers drop on Black That's Widow? Fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, so if you start doing these deep dives from the comic runs, you have to have more exposition. You have to have more setup. You can't just dump people in the deep end. They don't know what's going on. And no. I state proudly and regularly that I'm not against casual fans. If no. you want to come and talk about it, with me and don't have the comic book background, that is totally okay with me. Um, you have to, if you want to keep the Disney money rolling in, you have to do a better job of exposition. Oh, well, I mean, because they've got they've got to be smart about it. Yeah. And Black Widow was not smart. No. 
And Loki wasn't a disappointment. It was just sort of like... Well, I'm tired, and you and I talked about this, and I've mentioned it once before. <laughs> I'm tired of Loki being the punchline. Right. It, because the, hey, let's let's smack Loki around for some laughs. Right. Let's punch Loki in the face. Okay, I'm done with you guys punching right. Loki. Let's let's move past that. And I think that they're just, they're making fun of the fans at this point. Because everything, they really almost just tore Infinity War down to the, the stone, and right. it basically didn't matter. Right. And and this is this is ten years that people invested into a story, and you're basically saying, eh, it didn't matter. I think it was. I think that moment was trying to differentiate the scale. Maybe. Um, sort of like. But that means it needs a bigger buildup than just well, a, nut, a nutter at the end of yeah. time wrapped in a blanket, giggling his full ass off. That's that was my point. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was saying all along. Opa! Uh, <laughs> there's no plate to smash? There's no... <laughs> start pushing things Yeah, you don't want to dent that. I know what happens uh, when you dent that thing. Yeah. I I don't know. Maybe maybe they're being vague intentionally because the, the longtime comic fans knew there's Thanos was coming early on. Maybe that it's meant to be a surprise and a treat for us later. I don't know. I'm... Uh, because we still have like what three films left to go mm-hmm. before the end of the year, so mm-hmm. oh, we'll see. I mean, I know, I'm not expecting much out of the Eternals. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm so excited about Spidey. The Eternals. We got Spidey and Jinxie. Um, yeah, the Ten Rings. What? Okay. Yeah, what if is be will be interesting? I don't know. That was one of the selling points for a Disney Plus subscription, and I feel like they dangled it and haven't. Fulfilled. Brought it out, yeah. So, whoop, whoop, August fourteenth. Yeah, August fourteenth. All right. I think that we've definitely got our money's worth with like the Mandalorian and the Star Wars uh, properties, but the the Marvel things have sort of petered out. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it all plays. I mean, I've been very interested on the other side because Netflix has had some very interesting movies one that i watched this weekend which was gunpowder milkshake <laughs> with karen gillian from yeah and i i don't know what i watched i i i had this strong kind of atomic blonde john wick sensation through it yeah. it's entertaining it's just a bit mindless a lot of explosions not even like there's just a lot of unnecessary brutality in it and right. and these women, they absolutely kick ass. They own everybody that they come up against, and it's fun. But I just kind of was like, I don't, I don't. Okay, <laughs> it was entertaining. Paul Giamatti is a dick in this. He's just, I like that Paul Giamatti has just become the the designated dick role now. That's, <laughs> that's all Paul Giamatti plays. He's not even a nice guy anymore. Stanley Tucci, at least he can switch back and forth between like an asshole and like dad. Right. <laughs> but Paul Giamatti is just like full blown. Yeah, he's just a dick. I love it. <laughs> well, I haven't seen it. Big surprise. I have to move it to the the queue. To the queue. Um, but. I love those movies where where you walk away and you're just not like you said you're not sure what happened, but yeah, you didn't have a bad time. I didn't have a bad time, and it was it was entertaining. It got me engrossed. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't call it a bad film, but it's not. I it like again, it's like it's trying to be 
atomic blonde. It's right. trying to be John Wick because this world that she's in is very established like John Wick, like the Continental. Mm-hmm. We have the library. Right. You know, there's a lot of similarities. There's the firm, you know, so you can, you know, the, the high table. So there's definite hierarchy in place and we kind of get thrusted into the middle of this story. Okay. Which is, it's, like I said, it's fine. It's neither here, it's neither there. It's just very, here you go. And I don't need, I don't need the backstory. I really don't. Right. I can kind of piece things together. And they do a good job. They don't force it down your throat. But you can kind of extrapolate from what, what the story is. To, to me, what comes to mind are, are, like, American chain restaurants where, like, Okay. I mean, you, know, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you know, got me on this analogy. <laughs> the places that you go to because they're just like outside the convention hall and you don't uh, have to move yeah. too far to get there. California then, Pizza Kitchen. Yeah, yeah, and you just eat there and it's fine and nobody got sick and it wasn't too expensive. But the minute you leave the table, you have no memory of it. It's just gone. What did I just eat? Right? Like it just it was so inoffensive that. You just walk away from it, never think about it again. That's that's the vibe. I'm sorry, Karen. That's the vibe I'm getting from this description. <laughs> it was. And, I, I mean, I love Karen Gillian. Of course, all I could see was um, her from Marvel. Right. Uh, Nebula. Nebula. Thank you. I was, I was Teraxia. Sorry. Her real character <laughs> name. Nebula. Uh, that's all I kept seeing. Right. Watching her, her do her, her role. Butt. Yeah. yeah. But... I mean, it, it it was fine. Same thing with like Tomorrow War. Have you seen that? No, I'm still behind. Oh my you god! Tomorrow War is even more weird because we have these people that are fighting the war in the future, right? So Chris Pratt is in our time, right? And because he dies at a certain time, he can go fight in the Tomorrow War. Because if he dies, there's no chance of him running into his future self. So they go through this whole story. Of taking the timeline into consideration, just to throw it right out the window at the end. Of course they do. Because if they come back with the cure to stop them in the future, how do you not have the future then to go to it to get the right. cure and come back? Right. It, it's it's mind boggling. It's black hole nonsense. But the one cool thing, J.K. Simmons is like prison <laughs> jacked. <laughs> he is just ripped. I was like, damn, look at J.K. Simmons. That man is, he's going to take a drumstick and beat you to death with it now. Well, uh, I'm an independent bookstore employee, and so I tend not to watch Amazon (laughs) productions. Um, So keeping that in mind, that I've not actually seen any of them. Right. uh, Again, from Wired, it's, uh, they seem to have these really big ideas. They do. And really... Not great execution. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> um, like Men in the High Castle, for example. That's it's classic good, sci-fi. Good series, yeah. It's classic sci-fi. What if the Nazis had won? Right. Um, Jeremy, Jeremy C. was uh, a big fan of the books, read and read and read, and right. bailed after a single episode. Wow. Yeah. He didn't even give it a chance, huh? No. Because it was just, and he liked the actors, and he liked the premise, and he did like the story. He went in knowing the story, and it just wasn't, he just pulled the ripcord on that and never, and never looked back. Never came back. Never looked back. <laughs> uh, again, I, I, I have a stance that I'll probably never watch them, just because I think we should buy books from people who want to sell books. But 
<laughs> Sorry to be all crazy lefty on you today. Wow. Um, what happened so, to the nerd Susie comic girl? I, I had some dental work yesterday, <laughs> and my jaw is a little sore. Your, your fake tooth with I'm your coming, Sinai capsule yeah, broke? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm coming off pain meds, and so I'm just a tiny <laughs> bit grouchy today. I'm sorry. Uh, I'll, I'll put my I'll put my soapbox away. No, now. no, no. You're fine. Uh, <laughs> Red's all about reading too. Red Red is so dedicated to, to yeah, reading. I just you know I I think we need to support independent business in the form it comes in. All right. And uh, Jeff Bezos has enough of our money. <laughs> That's all. That is I'm true. Done now all I right. promise. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how I feel about Tomorrow War other than it, it's entertaining. It, they, yeah. they they have a good track. And again, it's like gunpowder milkshake. I'm really just like in between. It's not bad. Yeah. But it's not like, ooh, they put a lot into it. Yeah. They did. And God love them. Huzzah. It's not like <laughs> F9 where we take a car into space, which I'm still fucking bugged about. Uh, yeah, that. They're not going to get my money because the trailers were so weird. Yeah. <laughs> and then I saw so this other thing. I, I I don't know which magazine or which article it was, but now they're talking about bringing Gal Gadot back into the Fast and Furious franchise because we haven't seen her since she got sucked out of a plane when they were taking off, and I don't know which Fast and Furious it was, but you had no idea she was in Fast and Furious, no, did you? No, I... <laughs> that uh, look on your face said it all. Sorry, I've never seen any of those films. They don't appeal to me. I'm sure... I, I was it, on them for a while. Yeah. And it was fun, because it was cars, it was gearheads, and you could get kind of into it. Now it's just... Wow, jumping the shark. Right. Jump the shark like three films ago. Well, I think anything that has nine films, I am looking at you, Star Wars, tends to, like fall off after a minute i mean because how do you keep bringing fresh ideas to a nine or ten or eleventh film like how do you keep that going i don't know i mean be clever (laughs) i mean there's people that produce like nine ten books right i I mean how do they do it i mean to to go with your read more well they don't have the same hurdles as a production team does because when you're writing a book you usually are on your own or maybe have a co-author. So there's two people and an editor. And so um, I just think the process is different. Not easier, just different. Just different. Um, I mean, there are more people to to answer to in a production. Because how many people wrote that? Fast and Furious movie. It wasn't two, I promise. It wasn't. So you have to get agreement among the writing team and then whoever acts as the editorial and and approval system from there and then, you know, somebody in the studio loves it or hates it and I think you just have more hoops to jump through and it and it they want to make as much money as they can in the first weekend. Oh, they, that's, yeah, that's it cuz we saw what happened to Black Widow. <laughs> I just, I just, I feel bad. I know, and I, I, I shouldn't be harping on it. But. I feel conflicted about that because um, I'm a little, I'm, I'm a little bit of an introvert and would always rather be at home. And so the fact that now I can pay less to watch the movie at my own house instead of going into instead the theater. of going into the theater, but I want the theaters to still remain in business because that some. You know, that's the only outlet for some people. So no. then that brings some conflict for me personally. Um, I don't have to go out, but now I still have to go sit through that movie again at the theater so the theater makes some money. And well, everybody needs to make a little 
little Everybody dough. Everybody needs to make a little money. Yeah, that's I great. didn't like it that all the cosplayers did show up at the theaters. That's great. Yeah. For, for Black Widow. Yeah. Some of the local groups. And I was like, okay. I'm happy about that. I mean, we've got Ghostbusters still to come, which, yay. <laughs> did you did you like Ghostbusters? I'm not real clear on that. Yeah, on I'm, that I'm, I'm not a big Ghostbusters fan. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Sorry. I apparently wore my sassy pants today. Yeah, uh, you did. <laughs> it's okay. I'm happy with that. All right. Um, so, uh, keeping with films. Yes. And this is something that I just popped up. Ridley Scott's The Last Duel trailer uh, landed, and oh my God, the cast that's in this. You know what I was thinking the other day? I was thinking, you know, we haven't had one of those star-studded ensembles that do a period piece that is just, you know, right. wildly wicked. And now we have this last duel um, that looks absolutely great. It's set in the 14th century in France. Uh, that happens during the Hundred Year War. And it's based loosely on a true story, I guess. Um, The people involved in this, like, so we've got Matt Damon, Ben Affleck. um, Who else we got in here? I have to scroll. Um, (laughs) uh, Marquette? Yeah, there's like a whole bunch of people. The trailer is great, and it's basically Matt Damon's wife gets accused of cheating. Oh, um, Donald Glover's in it. Oh, love him. Yeah, he's way better of an actor than I thought he was going to (laughs) be. He just doesn't breathe heavy in a mask. He actually can, like, deliver lines and perform. So he's a king, and he comes and rapes Matt Damon's queen wife. And, of course, this is the 14th century, so it's his word against hers. And Damon backs his wife, and they just just beat the shit out of each other. And the nations go to war. Swords are cool. Ben Affleck has blonde hair. Like, my blonde hair. Not an Affleck fan. It is weird. (laughs) I'm like, you go from Batman to almost a ginger. (laughs) Wow. That is crazy. Uh, but I'm excited to see this. This actually, and I haven't seen a, it feels like I haven't seen a Ridley Scott film in like. A while. Forever? Yeah. I mean, the set looks, I mean, that's Matt Damon right there. And he's all, he's all like full suited up. And the fight scenes that they show between him and Donald are intense. Yeah. Like he's taking a knife to him. Oh, crazy. Battle axe. Okay. I'll have to go check out that trailer. It remi- every time I see a trailer like this, I think of Cable Guy and Jim Carrey. Hold still so that I might smite thee, you know? And he's coming from Matt Damon. Or not Matt Damon. Matthew Broderick. That one guy? That one, one guy, guy that was in the movie? That Dude, time? that would be great. If, if <laughs> Carrey came at Matt Damon with a ball and chain, that would be amazing. <laughs> uh, what else is going on in oh, TV? Oh, my gosh. God. So... You probably don't watch this because you don't watch TV. Because we've got what I'm hooked on right now is Lego Masters, Hell's Kitchen, and The Hustler. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't. You're I, breaking my heart I'm over here, sorry. Smalls. You're killing I've been, me. I've got a list. I've got a little notebook in my. What are you watching? Every, 
Uh, I was watching Loki, and I was watching Bad Batch, and... Bad Batch has had some very interesting revelations. I know. Like, I sobbed a little bit the last two weeks with uh, bringing back Hera and Chopper, because... Um, have you seen that meme about Chopper's body count? Uh, no. Yeah, there's a... He's got quite the count, though. It's like 57,000 kills or something <laughs> like that, and he's just this little squeaky, foul-mouthed robot. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love Chop. Um, so that's what I've been watching. I, I know I'm a great disappointment. I'm trying to catch well, up. Well, and but I mean, the Bad Batch has, because even in our previous conversations, we were like, okay, we're getting bored. We're, we're ready. We're ready to check out. And I don't know a lot of people that did. They're like, yeah. okay, I can't, I can't take this. So then we got the revelation. It's Boba's sister. Right. Which means, okay, so where does she go? Exactly. We don't know her story. And how does she end? Right. And now we're getting like little glimpses of other rebels that are that are going on. I, you know, I said it before. This fills a gap. It fills a gap yes. in the timeline, and it tells stories off the main Skywalker timeline, which they promised they were going to do. Um, so I don't know. I'm really into it. I love, I love boots on the ground, day to day stories. Right. That's, so I'm I'm digging it, and um, I think it's so cute. Little Hera was she, she was, was such little a Hera. She was she was, she, such she a was just oh. I mean it uh, was it was so cute. I think Chopper was more effective than she was. Well, yes, but you see the beginning. You, you do. see the you see the spark that lights her personal rebellion. In mm-hmm. this, if that's not too well, now we have but. seen two characters from Rebels. Yeah, now show up because Kanan was the the padawan that right. got away and now we've seen Hera. So I mean that's kind of the, all we can see at this stage. And we've met Captain Rex. We've met Captain Rex. And we uh the the sisters the Mar- Martez sister Martez or Marquez. Marquez. Marquez? I think so. The uh, ones that were helping out Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've had an Ahsoka illusion. We haven't seen Ahsoka, we haven't but seen we've had yet. an Ahsoka reference. Well, she is she's still running around because the sisters help her at right. the end of Clone Wars. Right. So them running around is no big surprise. Mm-mm. So we know Ahsoka is somewhere right. and probably helping build the rebellion. Right. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see Bail Organa. No, not at all. I, I, I'm waiting for him to show up and for us to do a trip to Alderaan. That would be awesome. I think so. Because we've only been to Alderaan once. Uh, yeah. At the very, 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 very end. Yes. Of uh, episode three. It's very, very. Yeah, just for a second. Yeah, we don't even get. We don't even know what is on right. Alderaan. For all we know, it's just a shack and like a <laughs> a gas and sip. You know, <laughs> they just they just show up. There's Jay no weapons Silent allowed. Bob are standing <laughs> in the in the yard smoking cigarettes. And <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Uh, no, I I love a trip to Alderaan because those of us of a certain age, um, <laughs> over forties, <and laughs> we have this natural attachment to Alderaan because we saw it explode as small children, and mm-hmm. uh, and that's it. We have no real references to it. So well, yeah, we don't know what it looks like. It was here, and then it was gone. Right <laughs> here today, gone tomorrow, <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, I even, and even in uh, Mandalorian. With you know, there's plenty of refugees, right, but have right. like the tattoo of the rebel symbol on their cheek for, you know, the loss of Alderaan. That visual is so powerful for me. It is. To it's just very see implying. that little 
that little tear, the little Alderaan tear. And then um, one of the new Republic officers calls it out. Yeah. Uh, during one of the episodes. And like, yeah, we saw your tear. We know yeah. what you're about. Who did, who did you lose? Are you kidding me? The entire planet blew up. We lost everyone who Nobody, was at I home just, that day. It was a special that day. Right. I, I was drunk. <laughs> it was one of, those, one of those vending machine tattoos where you put the token in and <laughs> get the A. Oh. oh. The tattoo fairy comes out and right. and then just flies off. <laughs> Why not? That makes perfect sense. but i mean the bad batch is i think the perfect vehicle to fill in yeah so many holes and and so many stories and it can be these kind of one-offs and it can be a little a little one and done because their their audience is the star wars or the star wars fans to be sure but that's more of a i don't want to say it's meant for the kiddos but it's a little why not? It is. It uh, is It is kitty in, in a way. It is a way. little kitty. A little more family. It's family friendly. Family friendly. But, I mean, they do give a certain amount of fan service, they which do. I appreciate. Yeah. And I, I'm all for. I'm waiting to see, because I'm wanting, I'm wanting it to end up like Clone Wars did, where we start seeing, like, casualties and right. the Empire, because they, this last episode really hinted at what's the Empire up to. I was really afraid for a minute that we were actually going to witness the death of Hera's mother. Like, I, I was so like, too. I was like, oh god, Death. this is set, this is setting this up. <laughs> I know. Uh, so I'm glad that we didn't. At least we haven't seen it so far. Not yet. But, um, but I'm waiting to see what happens to Comino. I'm right? I'm waiting for them to just wipe the cloners out. Well, and that's that's what I said from the beginning. Yep. Um, you know, they. I don't know why they're occupying this force because we know what happens on Kamino. If you've been, if you're a Star Wars nerd, you know that all of the cloners are killed. That the planet is annihilated, um, which is why we've got all those gross uh, Palpatine jars in uh, the Mandalorian because he wiped out the technology and then was like, "Oh wait, I needed that." Yeah. Oops. <laughs> My so, bad. Yeah. That was one of my bodies over there. Crap. <laughs> this little Shit, shriveled there. finger. Yeah, there went my head in a jar. Right? Damn it. Right? <laughs> uh, and then... Sorry, in- that's the best Seth MacFarlane I can do. <laughs> Even in the Bad Batch, we see some cloning tubes that are full of proto-Snokes and... Um, with the Cad Bane episode, mm-hmm. let's talk about fan service. Let's bring Cad Bane oh, yeah. in for a minute. No, no, no purpose in that right. story whatsoever. I was just like, <laughs> okay, okay, isn't he dead? Didn't he die? Well, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I because he, he was did. during. I mean, I don't know. He just didn't. I was like, okay, <laughs> all the bounty hunters. Let's bring Cad Bane back. Okay, right. I think maybe they thought he was the only one who could go up against Finnick Shand the way that they've been um, building her building up. her up. And remember, she's early in her career at this point, so it's she true. doesn't have quite the same reputation as later on uh, when she teams up with Boba Fett. Well, and I honestly was waiting for her. It wasn't. I was expecting her not to be talking to the Caminos, but a young Boba Fett. Boba. That's what I was actually waiting for. That he's trying to get his sister. Right. That he knows. Something that something has come up to his that's attention. An interesting theory, and I really and that's it's kind of what I was hoping for that somehow the he Alpha knows. and the Omega right. have have a connection, and he knows about his sister. 
Maybe he does. And they would they would literally be, I think, the same age. He would be a little bit older. I think he'd be kind of like around Hera's age. Yeah, yeah. So. Isn't he still, where are we um, in the timeline with Oris seeing here? Because this is immediately after episode three. So a, a couple of weeks after episode three. So kind of. is Oris seeing still alive at this point? Or has she had her run in with Tobias Beckett and conveniently fallen to her doom? I think, I don't think it's happened yet. Okay, so then he's still with Oris Singh. Yeah. He hasn't broken with her yet then. I don't think so. Because I think that I honestly would hope we would see that. Right. Maybe. I'd watch that. I just watched like Boba Fett. Oh, yeah. Well, we're going to. I mean, we're going to get that story no matter what. (laughs) I have a feeling the book of Boba is going to just lay all of this out. But I would love to see Boba and Omega get together. Get together. Or not like, you know, not get together, but connect. Find each other. Yes. That that would be, I think, would be. Because I want to see, sometimes I want to see. You're such a boy. I know. Sometimes <laughs> I want to see Boba Fett in Django's armor. You know. Yeah. Like he scooped out his dad's head. Ew. He's wearing his bucket. <laughs> That's the real reason he's so angry with me. He is. He had to touch the disembodied head. <laughs> he just sits there and just, Dad, funk, <laughs> shit. <laughs> I didn't need to see that. At least it's not bloody. Well, no, I mean, thank God the lightsaber cauterizes it as it goes through, but (laughs) his head's rolling around in that can. I like the, I like the revelation that Boba Fett isn't evil. No. That, you know, when we see that uh, baby Boba Fett in the Clone Wars, Mm -hmm. that he's just on his own suddenly and he's hanging with bad people. And he's trying to survive. Yeah. He's just trying to get along. Even like the Bounty Hunter Wars that's running right now in Marvel Mm -hmm. in the comics, that's actually a really good story because it's it's depicting what Boba is going through because he's trying to transport Han Solo and Carbonite Mm -hmm. to to Jabba. Right. And he loses him. That somebody somebody steals Han Solo's frozen Carbonite ass because he had to go get him stabilized. Right. So while he's getting stabilized, another set of hunters comes in, swipes him, and takes him to go oh auction him off. It sounds like such a farce. It does sound like a farce. Yeah. But it's still entertaining because you're, you're seeing things from Boba's right, perspective, right. which we never, we've never gotten. Well, At least not well. And I've gotten a lot of flack for being a Boba Fett fan because that's kind of a stereotypical thing. You know, the the girls in the crowd, like Empire Best, Boba Fett's a real standout. I can't explain why, but he always has been. Well, the way they build him. I mean, he's just like this mysterious snake eyes for Star Wars. He's this mysterious guy in the background that all of the fans are like, Who's that? Who's that badass? He didn't do shit. He gets thrown into a pit and everyone's like, he's such a badass because he's the most notorious Bounty right. hunter in the in the parsect. We never see him do shit. Not until the comic. No, but he's a chump. He gets he's beat up. A by, he's a chump. He gets beat up by a, a Wookiee. He yeah. doesn't even get beat up. He gets smacked with a stick and he, shoots off. He has to be sacrificed on the altar of Luke Skywalker's burgeoning Jedi <laughs> power. That's what it is. That's no force on Earth can withstand right. the Jedi power. It's true. Right. It's true. I like I like that he's becoming a real character, though, instead of just the goober in the holiday <laughs> special. <laughs> so many people have not watched that. If you have not watched that on YouTube, go go watch the, the Boba Fett 
special from the Christmas. Yeah. Don't watch the rest of the Christmas no, special. Because no, no, that'll just that. that'll kill you. Yeah. It'll suck anything it's in not your fun head times. out. Oh my <laughs> god. Grandpa Stinky. <laughs> True story. Um <laughs> So I'm going to catch you up then. Here's the rundown. Hell's Kitchen. Hell's Kitchen. Young Guns. The oldest person in there is 23. All right. There's been so much crying in the kitchen that it is. So much crying. There is. They're just just breaking down into tears and crying. There's no crying in the kitchen. Come on. The hell? I just, I, I, and I know the actors have already been eliminated. So we're actually down to like the chef chefs and one who, who is vegan who can't taste anything meat, refuses to, is somehow made it this far. Vegan food is really in right now. It is, but they're cooking meat dishes, and she's not tasting it. So I'm kind of throwing bullshit. Does she have an assistant? No. Or someone to come and... No. They've even pointed this out, that she doesn't taste anything that's like... She's just flying completely blind? Yeah. It's just kind of adding stuff and throwing stuff in there and cooking stuff, and it looks done and pokes it and... Like I, I said, that's exactly what my okay. and my inside me okay. made. It's like, so there's just like these weird things. But I, I mean, I've never seen <laughs> such a bunch of chefs crying before in all of my life. I think I might just cry if Gordon Ramsay walked in the room. He scares me. Really? Yeah. I would love to meet Ramsay. I I would too. Him but and then Guy. I would start like weeping and getting panicky. Like, well, it's funny because the he 20- would know that the dinner I made was somehow not. Well, I think he would take that into consideration. You're not a chef. But, I mean, these 20-somethings, they're even talking about just how Gordon Ramsay has this aura. Right. And they're just, like, totally, like, bought into the Ramsayness. I get it. That that happens in our community, too. There are some some big slabs that it probably doesn't happen to you. But them just being in the room is like, whoa. There'd be a couple that would throw me. David, David Tennant was one for me. Like, I, you know. How much time did you spend with Tennant? Maybe five whole minutes, which oh, is wow. a lot. That in is that a line. lot. Yeah. Um, we were talking about, uh, sorry about the gross name dropping here. Um, I did, Jim Moth, who did a commission for me. You guys have seen it. It's at my mm-hmm. house, the Kilgrave. And that's what I brought to be signed instead of just the 8 by 10 Very nice. Um, because I'm a huge Jessica Jones fan. I'm a huge Defenders fan. I'm a huge Brian Michael Bendis fan. And so um, that was more meaningful to me than the, than the publicity shot. Right. And it's a, it's a cool, it's acrylic paint and a little charcoal. And it's just a rad picture that Jim did for me. And then, um, so David and I were talking about Doctor Who, uh, you know, his wife is the daughter of a, of a previous Doctor Who. And so there's this Doctor Who, Who legacy we were talking about. Um, I think Good Omens had been announced, but they hadn't quite filmed yet. Right. Good Omens is one of my favorite books. We were talking about that. And Good Lord, you had, a, you had a chat. We did. And then we were talking about Kilgrave and how, um, how that and the Netflix interpretation was so powerful. And then he did a scary Kilgrave voice for me. And then we talked about... Yeah. (laughs) And it was that His Good Samaritan film was way dark. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, I'm I'm surprised you haven't watched it, but go on. Uh, And we were talking about the painting that Jim did for me and and why it was meaningful. And um, just every time... Every time I saw him move through the convention... Because, you know, you... 
my booth that was in Seattle. My booth in Seattle is by the bathroom, so I see everybody. Everybody. Uh, <laughs> Sooner or later, right? They I all got to go. <laughs> uh, and so, just knowing that he was in the building, it just it just gives this aura. It just changes everything, right. and then. Uh, because I'm freakishly competitive and no, yeah. Uh, so like I step up my game when these people are around, and so I feel like maybe that's what's happening in Gordon Ramsay's TV kitchen, or these kids like getting that aura <laughs> and and trying to do better because of maybe Chef Ramsay, or are they. I just would I would think if Ram if Gordon Ramsay was coming to my house, I I I, I don't know what I would do. Let's see if you can make me like. I I would make me some eggs. <laughs> Actually, that's. I mean, I'd make him. S- I'd make him some breakfast food. Yeah. I do. I do. Uh, no, I don't know if I'd do eggs Benedict, but I mean, I would do something something simple. Well, munchy. My my kid is Nothing an frozen. aspiring chef. Right. Eric Eric is an, an aspiring chef, so um, he goes on these chef auditions basically, and they ask him to make an omelet because it's just basic ingredients and if you jack that up you're not gonna you're not gonna deal with harder things kick rocks kid right (laughs) exactly yeah you can do chicken marsala but you can't even cook an omelet fuck off (laughs) yeah because it's it's temperature sensitive Mm -hmm. and the ingredients have to be very timing oriented yeah so yeah i get it i know you were being a smart ass but (laughs) i hate eggs Because that is the key. If you can, if PJ likes your egg, you're in. I'm like, otherwise, I can make fucking chicken. Who can make? Everyone makes chicken. So you'd have to do something clever. And I don't know. I don't know if I would serve. I mean, what do you serve? Like, even if like guy, guy, I think would be easier. Right. Because he's so down to earth, and right. I, I mean, I don't know if I'd do a burger for guy because he's been to all these burger joints and all right. that. But Gordon, I mean, I, I think Beef Wellington is his favorite, and. By all stretch of the imaginations, not the easiest thing for me to cook, because well, I've done Wellington a couple of times. It's just not an easy thing to cook. Few successes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God, the one time that I was trying to make it for someone, it worked. Yeah. But yeah, one of the times for me, I was just like, "Oh, this is inedible," but God. I cooked it, so I better eat it. That like, would be the worst yeah, date ever. Get it. <laughs> That'd be the worst. Way date to go, ever. Smurf! <laughs> Gave her food poisoning. <laughs> And gave her a bad date. All right. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah. What, what what would you make Gordon Ramsay? Let us know. I, I'd be curious what 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 the geeks out there because I I would just be fine with giving them a bowl of apple jacks right. and we sit down and we and and some toast right and and we talk because that's what I would do. That's probably what he would really like. I think just so. Put out a cereal buffet. Yeah. And, yeah. I think that would be. It would probably be the most unusual thing he sat down to because everyone wants to impress him with their cooking skills because right. everyone in their head. I know cooking. I could do it. Yeah, I could do it. Yeah, bullshit. I like to cook, and I would still go with the cereal buffet. Yeah, I, I think the cereal yeah. buffet is, is the winner. If I'm wrong, let me know. Um, <laughs> the Hustler, which is an amazingly weird show. It's got Craig Ferguson, and you have five people sitting around bluffing everybody as far as uh, who their real identity is as you're answering trivia questions. And all okay. of the questions revolve around the Hustler. And the Hustler is trying to get to the end and not be identified as the hustler. And there is every correct question answered, you get $10,000 into the pot. Huh. So if you identify the hustler, right. the two split it because it comes down to three people, okay. two, two contestants and the hustler. The hustler knows all the answers, 
and has to try to direct the okay. people to the questions so correctly. Show. It is a game show, but it's very interesting. And I was talking with Red mm-hmm. uh, yesterday, like, you should be on The Hustler. Because I could see Red totally, like, just befuddling people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there goes PJ. He's running around. Good? All right. Okay. So I could see Red totally, like, befuddling people. Right. And, and making them think she's not the hustler and just being just red. Just just winning. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, I'm trying to push. I'm with you. I want to push Red into this game show. <laughs> I want to I play to answer the questions because no one will play trivia with me. Because oh, Red absolutely would do that. Because I'm a pub quiz ringer. Yeah. And so is Red. Red, I mean, this the weird random knowledge that comes out of that woman right. is amazing. And I'm like, how do you know that? And because then she'll go we into. Read. Well, and it's. <laughs> You sometimes it is just she reads, but she always has like some weird story. Well, you other see there's this one time, like the Apple story. It's just this weird tangent that right. like connects to like slum dog millionaire. It's right. just things that have happened to you in your life that have led to these questions. So that's kind of what I I, I don't know what I'm going to take because I want her on the game show and I want uh, Private Cheeseburger Double A Ron to still do mini golf. Right. The the holy moly. Right. I think that would be perfect. But if not, I'm going to get PJ to go. <laughs> um, I want PJ on the putt putt. Nice. I think that would be great. Nice. I don't know what your costume will be or what your your alter ego will be yet, but I'm gonna I'm gonna get you on there. I just want to just I just want to go. It's all just be people get hit with water jets. I have a whole bolt of Hello Kitty fabric. Oh, like we could we could. You know what I up. think we could do? <laughs> the Hello Kitty Samurai. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! That would be great. I'm, I'm here for that. Let's do it. I oh Let's my do it. yes. Oh, a little okay. warbler, a little. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, just a couple last things. Lego Masters, which has been kind of disappointing. You know what I've decided with Lego Masters is, as much as I love the bricks and I love Lego. There's no personalities on this show. No, because it's us. It's hard to watch, you know, because yeah. we all are building some huge Lego thing in yeah. our basements. And so it's not fun. It's not escapism when, you, when you're doing it yourself. Yeah. You know, like. And, I, and I, I'm, I'm sad because I love Will Arnett because he's Lego Batman, right. of course. And I love the two people from Lego, but. Last season, we had, you know, the bearded guys who were, you know, he's singing while he's doing his Lego sets, okay? The married couple, as creepy as they were, were still entertaining <laughs> and very energetic. These group is just kind of like, eh. They're yeah. try- you can see Will trying to coax, like, personality out of the twins or, you know, other contestants. But it's just like, <sighs> makes me sad. It's. I think it's really hard to be the second cast of any kind of reality or competition show because, I mean, even look way back at MTV. The first real world, that was good because they were just trying to figure it out. There was no formula. There was no... There wasn't. uh, They were just flying by the seats of their pants and making mistakes and fighting with each other and getting through it. But after that point... You had to have a type. You had to have a formula. You had to have, and it started to go awry. And and I don't know if the show puts that on people or if they put it on themselves. I don't know. That's a good question. But, I don't know. Um, I would never want to be in the second or third cast of anything like that because 
the expectations are too high. Huge. Well, no, and that brings me to my 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 Lego point. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld's apartment uh, from Idea Sets goes on sale tonight, um, and in participation of like the other sets, like the the Friends apartment, Central Perk. Right. Uh, I I. It starts tonight, July twentieth through the twenty first, um, probably about nine p.m. our our standard time, uh, and it looks like Jerry's apartment. Oh, and that's cool. It is. That's that's just snazzy. But I'm wondering if Lego's just getting lazy at this point, because I don't know. I mean, because you got Central Perk, the, the 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 other friends' apartments, and. Big Bang Theory, and I'm just getting tired of the ideas being just throwaway pop culture. But that's that's what's going on right now, though. I mean, that's even that's that's a sad state of affairs. That's (laughs) pop culture is my bread and butter. So I guess that's true. The set starts at seventy nine ninety nine. The Seinfeld Lego set focuses on the iconic kitchen, the living room area of Jerry's apartment. Uh, accessory elements include uh, a blue statue, which evidently is Superman, Muffin Top, which is a very good episode, uh, painting of Uncle Leo, prognosis negative videotape, Commando 8 air conditioner, a Festivus pole, because, you know, <laughs> no no season is complete without the Festivus pole. Uh, there are also five minifigures, uh, Jerry George Costanza, Kramer, and Elaine, and of course Newman. He'd be like the only one I would really want. Yeah. Kramer and Newman are the only characters because I'd have a mail truck right. for my Lego City and have Newman driving it. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I um, am still eight years old when it comes to Legos, and I judge the set's value entirely by how many people it comes with. Oh, how many you fix? Yeah, yeah. So we, Jeremy and I, just had this conversation the other day. There's a Razor Crest that's like 179 dollars, yep. and I keep sending him a text message that says, "But it comes with five guys." Yep, <laughs> I bought it. Comes with five guys, and it comes with a baby Yoda. Yeah, he's I know. so tiny. So I put cute. him in the cockpit so I wouldn't lose him. Right, and that's where he's sitting right now because I don't right. know what I don't know where I want to put the Razor Crest in relation to the rest of my Star Wars. You could put sets. it at my house. <laughs> <laughs> you say that because what I did, <laughs> I remember when I did the Ghostbusters firehouse, uh-huh. and it was I was running into the same problem because my city I hadn't adjusted for the firehouse yet, right? And they're all like, "Well, you can just build it and leave it at my house." I'm I'm glad that didn't work out because I don't even talk to that person anymore, and I would have lost my Ghostbusters firehouse. Well, I wouldn't if we stop being friends. I wouldn't keep your stuff. I'm not. No, like you'd that. smash it into a thousand pieces not. and bring it back to I'm me. Not Here you go. Like that, I'm not vindictive <laughs> like that. Don't believe the hype. I'm a nice person. You are a nice person. I, I would not expect that of you. <laughs> not at all. But I've even like got custom. So now I've got like custom blasters uh-huh. for, for the Mando. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's got like his own like little gun that's, and the disintegrator. And that's rad. I'd, I, I, I go way overboard when it comes to Lego. But I don't know where to put the ship. Yeah. In re- relation to everything else. We haven't brought out our la- – we moved into that house three years ago and we're still unpacking. Like, I have Lego sets in the basement that haven't come out yet, so. How dare you. I know. I had to get the wall of nerd up first. That was my priority. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now you have it up. Now I have it up. Now i got to bring the Legos out. Time to build the Lego city. Yeah. We have, um, they're changing the name. It's the Slave One, but Disney is changing the name of Boba Fett's ship. Did you know about that? No. Why? Um, 
because of the connotations associated with the slave one, um, it's a, I get it. It's a, it's a trendy move and good for them for trying to be on top of things. But, um, so I have that. And in reference to your, uh, Grogu being in the cockpit of the Razor Crest, I've got Han Solo and Carbonite and he lives inside the ship. So I don't lose it. Or so my cat doesn't take him and. Yeah, because my cat as well will take come up and, well, there goes Solo. Right. And then you've got a $1,500 vet bill to remove Grogu or Han Solo and Carbonite from your cat. And that's not fun times either. So it's funny because um, the Lego Dimensions game, mm-hmm. you would have the minifigs set up. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was, but my cat either hated or loved Vinkman. <laughs> because he was the only one that was off the the dial because right. you've got the position to put all the figs and picked up and was always over by their toys or on their apparatus <laughs> and i'm like why are you taking vinkman are you do you like vinkman or are you just trying to kill vinkman i don't know what it was but That's finally funny. i had to move the set away or then right. i just put them all in the, right. the big plastic case but just the weirdest freaking thing Cats are weird yeah they are um, moving on, our final bit of news, uh, lots going on in the con world. Like we mentioned before, the pop culture, uh, I don't even know, fun, fan, fan, fan expo, expo. yeah, you applied. I did. You haven't heard anything yet. No, but they just opened up general applications last week, and so, um, I'm trying not to panic. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard any. The funny thing is, though, because you're not the only person that I know that has applied. Right. Lots of people applied, and we have not heard anything back yet. So if you're waiting, wait a little longer. Yeah. You're fine. I, I'm freaking out for no reason. There's no reason to be panicky because they just opened general applications. And, and so you being the overachiever, you were like already I had it am, ready and just hit send. Right. I'm like ready to line up a parade and wave and throw confetti at these people. Well, like, pr- uh, yeah. press doesn't even open until August. I know. So I'm, I'm just sitting here just pj and i are like so do we buy tickets because right. vip is three bills and we're like it's mm, sold out yeah three hundred dollars so. and i'm like who who's got an extra three bills to spend on vip right and this is before we had any guests we had uh, michael rooker didn't we yeah. announced and that was it yeah it's like okay i'm excited i'm glad the show's gonna go on um i'm i really want to work i really miss I really, I really miss you guys. I really miss our <laughs> friends. I really miss doing the. Um, I mi- I really miss being at the show. I do too. So uh, yeah, I'm into it. But if you can't wait that long, which we know you can't, uh, the Outworld Colorado Festival of Horror Beer Woo-hoo! Party Save the Date has been announced, and I don't have it in front of me. Actually, I am a very bad person. Uh, it's August 21st. Thank you. August 21st, which has been announced. They haven't. There's still secrecy around the beer. Yes. Which we love. Yes. Um, because Susie and I were there a couple weeks ago, and I took a picture of the vat that has our beer. I love their brewing room. In it. it, was, it their brewing room is amazing. Yeah. Jeremy. Jeremy, Jeremy. Jeremy W. Jeremy W. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy squared. Um, I mean, that thing is so pristine and just beautiful and right? immaculate it's it's wonderful it the is. restaurant's super clean too yeah i mean they 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 spare no expense in cleaning that's obvious well they take pride in what they they're do. doing 
Uh, so the beer is sitting right there. It's right by the door. Yes. So I, I Jeremy was even like, you want to take a sip? And I'm like, oh. But then the master brewer is all like, there's still stuff that needs to be added. It's fermenting right now. Don't touch it. Mm-hmm. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Don't touch it. And I'm like, <laughs> but I want to. <laughs> so no, no spoilers, but there is more coming on the Colorado Festival of Horror beer. And then, of course, Colorado Festival of Horror, which is September 10th through the 12th. Uh, Susie will not be there because she, not. she's trekking her ass to Florida. We're going to Miami. We're going to go do... Uh, going to Miami. Yeah, I know. There's been a lot of Will Smith uh, <laughs> memes and jokes at my house right now. Uh, everybody's pretty sick of it. But <laughs> uh, we're going to do Florida Supercon for Read Pop, and I'm so excited about that. There's been some negotiations at home on whether or not uh, we're going to stay at the Ritz-Carlton. I'd stay at the Ritz-Carlton. Uh, but since I haven't worked in 18 months, I think we're going to have to go with the Hyatt. Well, I feel bad because <laughs> I was supposed to join you on this trip. But Colorado Festival of Horror trumps Yeah, Florida. I think you should do the show that you're organizing. Yeah. <laughs> no shit, eh? Right. <laughs> just as much as I want to go. So that's just fine. Right. Save the Ritz-Carlton for when we go to Seattle. We're going to Seattle. Because we're going to do Emerald City. Yeah. I will I will be in Emerald City to help Susie with her table, and that is in December. December 2nd through 5th. So yeah. we're trekking our asses to... To Seattle. Oh, God, I hope it's warm. It gets cold and rainy in Seattle in it December. It does get cold. It does. It'll be fine. Because and there are hills. I don't like walking in the rain up a hill. So the hotel we book right. is... Uh, it shares an interior wall with the convention center. Okay, good. But there's no interior door. So we only have to walk around. Like It's not even a whole block. I'm we just fine have to walk that. around the corner. Because la- every time it seems that I go to Emerald City, I'm at the bottom of the hill. Oh, no. And you just... <sighs> because... And this uh, is post-COVID that I'm breathing heavy. Right. I can't imagine what's going to happen now. Shit. I'm just barely getting back in the gym. It's... Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to die. No, it's going to be great. It'll be fine. It's going to be great. It will be great. Uh, I'm excited to see Emerald City. Me too. So I love them. I'm glad they're going on too. Yes. So so we've got Outworld doing our beer. Yeah. Colorado Festival of Horror is set. Guests are set. Tickets are available. Um, we've announced our guests that I we will have at our me. table. So Red will be releasing her book. Bob Hall will be coming to town. So excited. Taking commissions. So, so good. Wait till you see the, the interviews we got planned. Um, <laughs> but on top of that... Um, but wait, there's more. There's more. Working with Outworld, uh, Susie, the immaculate brain that she carries in that <laughs> little dome of hers, came up with this idea to do a bazaar at Outworld. Yes, and applications just went live today. So hit up my link tree, uh, and there's some links on Susie Q's Facebook and Instagram page if you're interested in being a vendor. We are working with the awesome gang at Outworld. And we're going to do uh, a little market, a little, um, it's going to be great. I can't wait. And, and Jeremy W. is excited about this because he's yes. always had like this vision of doing like a con or a mini con of his own. Right. So this is kind of taking those steps forward to do a right. bizarre type of thing. And I think it'll actually go quite well yeah. in the room. Well, and they're, um, Outworld is planning a brunch. So they're planning to open regularly for brunch in yep. the near future. So we will have brunch going on we'll have vendors um we're gonna we're getting a dj we're it's gonna be it's gonna be rad i can't wait i know you're putting a lot into this i am i am i can't believe so we go to plan this 
and Jeremy and I go into the brewing room. We come out. Five, ten minutes, top. <laughs> Susie's got the whole fucking place mapped out with <laughs> tables. She whipped out her graph paper and just went to town. Five minutes, done. You had it all worked out. Well, it's easier to get vendors to come if they know how big the <laughs> booth is. So it that was, is it true. Was, it was pragmatism. It wasn't any. But, yeah, my secret superpower is organization. Um, da 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 yeah. So where do they need to go to find out and fill out an application if they're interested in going to the Outworld Bazaar? If you go to my Linktree page, which is Linktree slash Suzy Q's, there is a button that says Outworld Bazaar. Um, there is a Google link on Suzy Q's Facebook page today, and uh, there's a link in our Instagram bio as well. Brilliant. So, yeah. Because I know Red will be there. She I'll, will. Red I'll be, will there. be there. Most likely, PJ will be there at PJ my table. PJ will be there. Because um, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to put on my table. Actually, another friend of mine has already committed um, Marcy Lundy from 303 Face and Body. She does oh. handmade, organic uh, skincare and beauty products. She's awesome. Cool. So we've already committed to that. So I can get some new night creams? You can get some new night creams. Um, Got to stay pretty. Yeah, yeah. Moisturizing. Moisturizing is, is Essential, key. Essential, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moisturize me. Yes, yes. Uh, so we're off to a good start, and I'm really looking forward to this. What's the date that we have set for Outworld Bazaar? November 14th, uh, just before the holidays, so you can do some holiday shopping. Some preemptive gift-giving yes. gift ideas. Yes. And it, then look like a rock star cruising into Thanksgiving with all of your gifts purchased. Right. Yeah. And you can even buy some Suzy Q items. That's right. Some unique new jewelry. Yeah. So what do you think will happen when both of the Jeremys are in the same room together? They can't exist Is simultaneously. Is there going to be like a Jeremy paradox? Oh, my God. Exactly. Is there going to be? We're going to the big long J. <laughs> a Jeremy-shaped black hole. It will be strange. <laughs> yeah. It will be. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> there you go. And on that bombshell, we shall say goodbye. <laughs> we appreciate you guys uh, settling in with us for this afternoon. Please, of course, like, share, give us a subscribe. We need all the love and help that we can get in the mad world of geekdom. But in the meantime, run fast, laugh hard, and always be kind.